You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hey, what's going on, all my outdoor people, journalists, and creatives, and marketing managers, brand managers, what's going on? It's just Lisa on this one, and it's 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night. I'm at my house, and... I am kind of just wrapping up my day and recording a podcast episode today that comes out tomorrow. Um, And yeah, really mellow vibes. No Iris. She's probably off riding her bike and playing with her puppy Turbo right now because she's off work for the day. Um, So you get me today. No Iris. And what's been going on at Wheelie? Well, we're hiring. Um, And that position, the application window has closed. It has really put life into perspective for me. It has put COVID into perspective for me because I feel like we're a little bit insulated up here in the wilderness and in the woods and in Montana. Um, But the volume of resumes we received for this position and the talent, the sheer talent out there that is available for hire is ridiculous. I almost think we need to do something about it. Um, Do something with all these amazing, talented people and connect, start connecting people. I don't know. It, the wow just like if you applied to that job I don't know how we're going to select who to hire because we received hundreds of incredible applications it's I'm honored as a person that this little company I started by myself has the level of talent that's interested in supporting the stream and being part of it and helping make wild, rowdy, meaningful, creative work for the outdoor industry. So um, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if, if you applied and you don't get the job, my God, please just come back because you're brilliant. (sighs) So I got to get that out. Speaking of brilliant, I love this episode. Um, and I say, I love it a lot. I say, like to everything she says, I'm like, Oh, I love that. Uh, so I'm a little self-conscious about that, but I did c- because, um, this podcast guest is very smart and has remarkably cool things to say. So, um, today on the podcast is Amelia Arvison. She's an outdoor journalist. We are going to put show notes to her website and social media in the podcast episode and yeah, follow along, sign up for her newsletter, which is called Honing Her Craft. And I think that Amelia is just, it's so interesting listening to people who usually interview people get interviewed because you can tell how much thought she puts into the process and puts into her work. And we don't often speak to writers on the podcast as a very huge lover of the written word. I couldn't be more personally thrilled to sit here and talk about words. Um, And I think that shows, and I think Amelia and I connect on that level in this podcast, which is a fun thing to listen to and kind of leads to this good interview that is just about life and about being a writer and what makes a good story. We talk about 
why transformation is important, um, the juxtaposition between being a crime reporter and then reporting on like different types of fabric in the outdoor industry and kind of like this beautiful perspective that Amelia brings to it and kind of just the interconnectedness of a personal interest being something that you then start writing about and get more work around. So um, I enjoyed enjoyed this very much. We talk, we, oh, we also talk about truth, some big questions. Um, think about that. I loved her answer for that. Listen for that. What is the role of truth in journalism? Like I didn't really go easy on Amelia and she stepped up. So give it a listen and enjoy. Amelia, thank you so much for being here today, and I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this all week. The very, very first question we ask everyone is to to describe where they are and what they're looking at. So I'm looking at a wall in my new apartment in Flagstaff, because if I turn around, it's a mess of boxes and things strewn about. Um, so I don't want to look that way because I don't want to get distracted, but, um, outside my window is a nice tree. It's sunny here. So I'm happy, happy to be in Flagstaff. How long have you lived in Flagstaff? So we just moved here like over Labor Day weekend. Basically we were kind of here in August. Um, so not that long. Uh, we're new. Oh, why'd you pick Flagstaff? So my husband um, is in a graduate program at the university here. So we were doing van life before this, and then he got accepted. So we quit van life and moved here. But origin or before van life, we were in Boulder for several years. Oh, nice. And now you get yeah. to mountain bike and... Um, be warm. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I'm excited to explore all the trails and the crags and all the mountains here. So, and we get snow, which is exciting. There's also a little ski hill. Nice. Well, I'm so curious. Um, we've never met in person. And so for for our audience and also for me, I'm so curious to learn what's what's your story and how did you become an outdoor journalist? Yeah, so I started basically right out of high school in journalism. I um, got an internship at a newspaper and that kind of set me on my way to work at various publications um, in Kansas where I went to school and then in Boulder, I was primarily a breaking news and crime reporter, um, which was not what I was hoping to do, but um, set me on a really interesting path to learn about the courts and crime and also local reporting and diving deep into um, a certain city and area. So meanwhile, I, so I'm reporting for the newspaper. I also am passionate about the outdoors and was always looking for freelance opportunities to contribute various adventure stories. My editors at the newspapers I was working full-time at will tell you that I was always pitching, you know, the local runner, the local hiker. Oh, somebody's hiking across 
the city, let's cover them. And sometimes it was yes, and sometimes it was no. Um, and then toward the end of, I want to say 2017, um, an opportunity came about for me to work at SNOOS, which is S-NEWS. It actually stands for Specialty News because we cover, we covered, they still cover outdoor specialty retailers. So my friend Cassandra Kluse, who's a journalist, was leaving, and she said, I think you'd be a great fit. She knew I was looking for an outdoor reporting position, and so I was hired there, and I spent the next two years writing about all things outdoor industry and gear and all the different figureheads in the space, Um, and then just earlier this year, I went freelance, so I'm um, hoping to write still about the outdoors and the outdoor industry, and then also branch out a bit more into my other interests, maybe get back to um, justice, courts reporting. We'll see where it leads me, but I'm excited. That's really cool. Um, do you, like, how does that all connect for you? Do you find that you write about things you're interested at that time? Because, um, like, I find even in my creative agency that I somehow attract brands that, that like work on subjects that I'm interested in at that time. And it always feels like coincidence, but I don't think it is. Does that happen to you too? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've actually uh, put out a few feelers and pitches to interior design um, publications. And I'm also interested in that. So I feel like, I feel like, you know, your, your passion, especially in writing and creative jobs can also be your, your job. Um, So yeah, all those things can converge. And I like a lot of different things. And so hope to write about a lot of different things. But mostly like my path has been in some ways chosen for me, like there were breaking news reporter positions open. So that's how I fell into them. And and same with snooze even. And so now that I'm on my own, it's like I can kind of carve out um, different spaces, of course, depending on which publications pick me up. So yeah, I'm excited. It's a whole new adventure. Oh, I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Are you uh, scared going out on your own or excited? Like, does it feel liberating or terrifying or both? <laughs> yes. Um, in one minute, it can feel both. One day it can feel one, another day it can feel the other. So it's a mix of things. And especially during such an anomaly year um, with a pandemic and budgets that publications being cut, um, it makes it really hard, especially for a first timer who doesn't have long standing contracts with publications. So it's okay, though. It's giving me space for some other opportunities and um, passions. And I know that that fire is under my butt to do something. So I'll find something to fill the time. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess that's a good lead in to your newsletter, Honing Our Craft. Yeah, yeah. So that definitely came about in pandemic era. And I... I started it because I've always wanted to just interview people. 
I like. I mean, that's why I'm a journalist. And at the same time, I was really missing connection. I'm an introvert. um, And so it was really welcoming uh, space for me when I was told I had to stay home and couldn't see anybody. It's like, sweet, sounds like a good deal to me. Uh, And then over time, I was really tired of myself and wanted to branch out and and not only call my friends and talk about uh, inspiration, but also people I was following on the internet you know, um, people I was, I am uh, social media friends with. And so it was, I was kind of like making my own excuse and giving myself permission to call these rad people and ask them about money and uh, their inspiration, what their office looks like, uh, all these different things. So yeah, honing her craft Yeah. How would you define honing her craft? So honing her craft is a weekly newsletter and it features um, female and female identifying creatives in different industries. And so I've interviewed women from um, like the journalism world, the tech world and marketing world and then also painters and textile artists, and um, yeah, hopefully more to come. Um, And so I've sent at this time, I've sent two newsletters so far, and I hope it just keeps going and picking up speed and people seem to be liking it so far, so I hope they keep liking it. Yeah, I think they're really well done. And or where can where can people sign up for them? So it's hosted on Substack, which is a a platform that a lot of journalists are using nowadays. Um, so you can find it at honingherCraft.substack.com, and you can dive into the two interviews that I've done so far. Very cool. We will definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to just interview all sorts of people. I know you understand that, having talked to so many rad people in the outdoor industry. There are so many, so many cool people um, doing really, I don't know, really interesting things. So, um, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, my list is very long. (laughs) I like that. So why why do words resonate with you? Like why are you a writer and kind of why why do you express yourself through words? That's a really good question. Um I would even hone it down more to written words because I don't consider myself a great speaker. I I say like a lot, I say um a lot. I'm not a you know, a public speaker and if you were to I mean I guess this is different because it's conversation but if I were to be asked like at times I would be asked by my editor on the scene of a crime to dictate a story and that just does not come naturally for me so written word is um is more my thing and I think I don't really know I feel like 
I've always been a reader. I've always had a journal. Um, I'm going through my stuff as I'm unpacking, and I found my first journal from when I was in elementary school, and it's got all these, like, plastic gemstones glued to the front and it says things like my mom doesn't like me and I just think that that was the earliest way that I was describing my feelings and so feelings have turned into sharing other people's stories and I just always remember like picking newspapers up and wanting to be in them, but not featured more as the writer. I want to be writing those stories and talking to people. And I mean, it's a common language for um, a lot of people. Like we all, we all learn to read and, and write. And so um, that's how we communicate. And um, it's, spread more than just calling your friend on the phone or yeah I guess the internet has changed the game nowadays but um yeah I just love sharing people's stories that's really cool I love writing and uh mm-hmm. as well and I always kind of compare it to like painting I always compare mm-hmm. everything to snowboarding and painting and photography and the more visual arts are just like writing powder yeah. where it's just very experiential and then I love writing because it's got this precision to it mm-hmm. just like writing rails like where you can yeah. just move your body ever so and pick just the right word choice and just like precision accuracy and I find that to be quite fun about the written word yeah I was talking actually for an inner a honing her craft interview today to um, an artist and her name is Jordan Craig. And she said that her art is like a puzzle. And that just struck me because that's always how I, that's, yeah, that's always how I refer to putting like articles and pieces together because it's like, I have this really good chunk of a couple sentences, but I don't know yet where it goes. Um, And so finding the good spot for the quote and uh, the lead and all of those things. Um, So, yeah, I think it's really similar in a lot of ways to other crafts, whether it's physical or, um, yeah, painting a picture. Yeah. What to you makes a good story? I think rawness and emotion and transformation um yeah not necessarily happy endings but um I like to read about other people learning things and I like to write about that as well whether it's about themselves or the world and I would hope the same people think the same of my stories so yeah I feel like that's a simple answer but um I read a lot of different things that I think are really good so <laughs> mm. rawness and emotions and transformation <laughs> how cool why uh why do you think transformation is important well I think that we at a 
certain moments are a certain person. And, you know, if I were to meet that person in their moment um, and just talk about the moment, it would be interesting. They would be great. You know, I would I would be able to write about that. But I think that hindsight and learning from your own lessons is makes for a complex layered story that resonates with other people right um so if I met somebody who did something completely different than me but they never talked about how they also write and they also journal it's just a different level of connection and I feel like as a storyteller um being able to show the person as you know or the subject as a layered um person or topic be- becomes more interesting I love that how uh how do you like how do you find the layers when you are writing an article and you're interviewing someone do you like research them first and go in with loaded questions or just sort of like let it happen organically what's kind of your creative process there typically yeah so I definitely look them up on all of the platforms and (laughs) I uh yeah find out their job um it's kind of like I online sleuth I'm sure you can uh, relate. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I formulate questions around that, you know, so if I'm writing about a certain topic, I obviously stick to that. Um, but I'll have a list of questions and I will start with that. And then I've really been trying to stay off of that list and, um, like it, it, like if the conversation flows off the list, kind of just rolling with what they're talking about, um, unless it's a specific story in mind. And like I'm thinking of honing her craft, but if I'm doing a specific story, I'll usually stick to those questions, ask follow-ups, and ask the hard questions. I think that's something we learn as journalists in the very beginning. And it's easy to get away from that and become comfortable or phrase it in a way that's like sensitive and soft. At least that's how I've trended toward when really like just asking the question as simply and clearly as possible will yield the best answer. So even if it's a sensitive question about money or somebody's past, um, yeah, realizing that it's a privilege to ask that question as a journalist who they've trusted their story with. Mm, I like framing that as a privilege. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, I feel like me in my personal life and really I tab my my questions for my friends and I'm really empathetic and sensitive and it comes across really clearly in my questions. But then when I put my journalist hat on, I don't necessarily leave those behind, but it gives me more permission and agency to ask the hard questions, I feel like. 
Um, yeah. So as an introvert, because you mentioned that you were totally stoked on uh, working from home, as an introvert, do you do you f- find that to be a challenge or that to be like a, I don't know, how, how does that land with you? Yeah, I mean, there are some days I wake up and I have an interview scheduled and I, as great as the person might be in the story, you know, I'm excited about the story, I might just not feel like talking to anybody and I just sit with that you know I still have to do my job um but it's definitely harder some days than others and uh yeah I think it's putting that journalist hat on that gives me that permission for not only them realizing my role but myself realizing that role too like I have a job to do I'm gonna go up you know in non-pandemic times like at a at a concert or at a rally or something like that, I would just go up to a person and ask them a question with that journalist hat on. But as Amelia in my personal life, I would like never do that. I don't know. It's a weird tension between the two. Um, yeah. The two different roles that I, I have. Do they ever overlap where you find you're like interrogating your boyfriend or something or your husband? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot. I'm like, I can ask this question. I've interviewed CEOs and police chiefs. Like, this is a great question. So, yeah, it definitely overlaps. Um, I like a carefully crafted question, no matter what, when. That's hilarious, though. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy that about you. I like that fun. I like that fun fact a lot. Mm-hmm. What? Here's a tough one. Ready. It, what do you think is the role of truth in journalism? And sub question: How do you ascribe meaning to things that you like when you're listening to someone talk? How do you ascribe meaning and know that that's going to go into the article? Well, I think that as a journalist, our role is truth. And so if those two go together, um, it's to tell the most accurate story that there is, you know, like, like if somebody's not telling me the truth, I don't necessarily know that in the moment, but my goal is to seek that out, right? Like fact-checking is has become so important in media nowadays with the different outlets that we have, the different voices that are um, in positions of power. And so... Yeah, that's a that's definitely a tough question. Um, but if I see myself as a seeker of the truth, then it is to publicize the truth. The role mm-hmm. of the truth is to be publicized. And then I forgot the second part. <laughs> like how when you are when you're interviewing people or researching, um, like how do you ascribe meaning to things or how Mm. do you like, Oh yeah, I'll note that and I'll put that in the article. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so my process when I'm interviewing somebody and recording it is to just have that conversation and like listen fully to the person. Um, and usually if it's a meaningful question, then I listen to that, hoping it's a meaningful answer. Um, and then I hang up and we're done with the interview and I kind of forget about the interview for a bit. And then I come back to it and some people use transcription apps, but I like to go through the interview a second time. And so it, it seems like a waste of time. Sometimes they feel like it is. And then I'll note like what stuck out, you know? So if I'm writing a feature about somebody and they're talking about a pivotal moment in their past, I mean, it really just depends on the story, right? Um, and the direction that I want to take it. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my process. And I feel like I'm struggling with that, this in honing her craft because I want to ask a million questions and I don't necessarily want to, to cut my questions down, but um, I kind of just want to listen. And so that goes back to how I've been able to like have that list in front of me and kind of be flexible and flow with the conversation too. And, and when I'm telling somebody's story, it's like, what well what do they want what do they want to say so yeah I feel like if it's a story that is assigned I stick within the guidelines of that if it's a pretty open story with a lot of flexibility such as a feature story or just a Q&A um, yeah I flow with it and I listen to what they find meaningful if that makes sense yeah. And then how do you kind of decide um, where to take it? You just kind of keep keep doing follow-up questions on, on what they say and bounce off of what they say? Yeah, basically. And if they don't give me an answer to the question, I try to listen to that, you know, like, especially when I'm in interviewing like a CEO about a controversial topic um, and they'll deflect the question. I'm I'm trying really carefully to listen if that's a meaningful answer, if that's like what people want to hear from that CEO in this situation, or if they don't answer me, I'll ask it in a different way. Um, so yeah, poking more. You know what you would like? Have you Tell seen them. the Have you seen the master class on hostage negotiation? No. Well, it's awesome. You've um, taken it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the masterclass. Uh, you know, just the that company masterclass that is yeah. like always advertising on Instagram. Yeah. There's one on hostage negotiation that sounds a wow. lot like you interviewing dodgy CEOs. <laughs> Have you uh <laughs> what made you want to listen to that? Um, I was like, that would be fun. That'd be a great skill to have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely into, I mean, just having a background in crime reporting, I'm definitely into that. I like that. I'll look it up. Definitely. So you were started in crime reporting. Now you've shifted into outdoor. Like, do you find outdoor to be 
um, I don't know, because you have this like really heavier perspective that you're bringing into it. Do you find outdoor to be uh, interesting or kind of like, okay, you guys pull it back or like, uh, you know, is it kind of like, um, I don't know, how, how, do, how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels fluffy some days, you know, when I'm writing about um, like polyester versus wool or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, but I also think that it's in some ways even more challenging, which uh, motivates me because I know that there are stories under the surface of that press release. And it's just a matter of figuring those out. Um, And so it takes a lot of conversations, which for me is tiring, but um, it's almost like when I come up up empty handed, it just makes me want to go farther with the next um, press release that I get. Like how far deep under this can we get? And who has a really interesting story? I was on a call with a brand and we were talking about their new spring 2021 line. And they just mentioned something about how they um, haven't been able to take photos of models. Um, And because they haven't taken photos, they had somebody on their staff paint watercolors of the models and the clothing on the models. And I was like, that is a fabulous story. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely less exciting at times. I mean, I'm not going to the scene of a SWAT call or um, going to jail court. But at the same time, I think it's better for my mental health, too, and um, in more of a challenge, which I like. I'm down with that. You seem really curious, just in general. Yeah, I think I am. I'm always looking out my window. i looking for something interesting. Um, I think that's, yeah, a good way to describe me, but I don't usually use to describe myself. Yeah. Was, uh, was crime reporting, like, super intense, going to all those scenes? I guess I've never really thought about it. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Um, I think the way I framed it when I was in it was that it's giving me a window into a different side of the world that I normally wouldn't come into contact with, or at least at the frequency that I was coming into contact with it. So, you know, sitting in jail court next to the mother of a victim or survivor is intense. And I am obligated, I was obligated to talk to her Um, and the other family members and it's just like man I'm such a compassionate person and um, my heart was spilling out for all parties involved which is tiring and to do that every single day um, I really liked it in some ways and I don't maybe I'll go back to it um, somehow but Um, I also don't think I can do the daily beat again in that capacity. That is something I've definitely never thought about. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, daily reporters have it um, really challenging, especially nowadays. So 
and then add on crime as the beat. Certainly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I see why switching to snooze um, was probably like a pretty huge shift all around when you did that. Yeah, definitely. In some ways, there were still some stories that came up that um, I was able to flex my breaking news muscles, but um, yeah, less frequently. I would say like twice, twice a month, maybe even once a month that there was something big happening, Um, but it wasn't going to jail. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) different, different kind of um, energy for sure. I I really appreciate that you bring that perspective to the outdoor industry. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I hope that um, it's come in handy, and I hope that I've been able to storytell in um, a new way through that perspective. Yeah. Well, I could talk to you all day because you're really fun to talk to. Um yeah, it's fun. I love being able to talk about the creative process and just kind of mm. like all the special nuances that go into uh, every role out there. I do too. Yeah. I'm so glad that I've been introduced to your podcast because let me tell you, I've been diving in deep and meeting all the outdoor industry people through it. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I think there are a few people we will also both have interviewed which is really cool oh cool yeah and if you want any intros to anybody on there let me know cool thank you wow cool well where can people follow you online where's the best place to send them maybe to my website which is my first and last name.com and then also to the Substack for honing her craft um And I would love it if people subscribed to that um, or even just took a look at it and shared it with people they think would like it. (laughs) Cool. Well, yeah, thank you so much for your time today and all your thoughtfulness and and your your non-written words. That was really fun. Yeah, that was fun. I'm excited to um, flip it and interview you someday. Yeah. Thanks so much, Amelia. I think it's pretty clear that I had a good time interviewing you, and I hope that our listeners also got a lot out of the richness and and craft that you put into your wordsmithing. So um, while it wasn't written and it was verbal, I really think that was a beautiful interview, and thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners, you can follow Amelia on Instagram. It's hi underscore Amelia, and you can also go to her website, ameliaharvison.com. And check out honingherCraft.substack.com. Again, these are all in the show notes on your podcast app. Speaking of your podcast app, if you'd like to give us a review, good, bad, positive, negative, I don't care. But if you can do us a solid and give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, that helps us get into the ears of more human beings. And um, that's kind of the goal. We don't monetize the podcast. We do it for fun. And uh, we're almost at 100 episodes. So thank you so much for sticking around this long. Thank you for being on the ride. And talk to you next week. Bye.